Hello, everyone. My name's Andrew. And my name is Suzanne. And this is the QLips English Podcast. You're listening to Simplified Speech, the QLips series that features clear, natural, and easy to understand conversations about interesting topics. Today, I'm joined by my co host, Suzanne. Hello, Suzanne. Hey, Andrew. Hey, everyone. I sure did miss you guys. Hope you're all doing well. <laughs> Long time no see, Suzanne, but it's great to have you back. Yeah, it's really great to be back. And wait, this is exciting. What is our episode about today? What are we going to be talking about? Well, the topic for today's episode is table manners. And I think this will be an interesting conversation. At least I'm excited to see where it goes, Suzanne. I'm not sure how this conversation will unfold exactly, but we'll see. And I have to give a shout out to one of our listeners, Zahir, because he suggested this topic to us. So yeah, today we're talking about table manners. That's so interesting. Every culture has different rules about what's polite and what's rude when sitting down for a meal. So it'll be interesting to hear your perspective about this, Andrew, because I wonder if some of the manners that are polite in Canada are rude in Korea or vice versa. But before we get started with our discussion, Andrew, let's remind all the listeners about the study guide for this episode. Yes, we can't forget about that. So everyone, we do make study guides and transcripts for all of our episodes here at QLips, and they are designed by our team of expert English teachers to help you build your English skills and reach your learning goals faster than ever. Now, as a QLips member, you'll also get some sweet bonuses like invitations to our monthly live streams, full access to our members-only series, which is called The Fluency Files, and more. So to become a QLips member, just visit our website, which is QLips.com, and sign up. Okay, Suzanne, so let's get into our topic for today, which is table manners. And I thought we could start the discussion by talking about some common table manners that we follow in North America. Of course, you and I, we are both North Americans, right? I'm Canadian, you're American, and I think our table manners are pretty much exactly the same in the two countries. I mean, at least when I've visited America, I've never noticed anything that's really different in regard to table manners. But Suzanne, you've lived in both countries, so maybe you have. Would you say they're pretty much exactly the same in that regard? Yeah, I really do think so. I think everyone washes their hands, for sandwiches and things, we use our hands, but for the most part, we use forks and knives and things like that, napkins. So it's really generally the same, I would say. Yeah, I agree. I haven't noticed any differences in regards to table manners between Canada and the USA, but that's not to say that there aren't some differences from other countries, right? I know in Europe and in Asia and Africa and in India, all of these places have different etiquette and different rules around eating and what is polite and what is considered rude. So... Maybe we will start just because we do have a global audience. We have listeners from all over the place. So maybe we should talk a little bit about what is polite 
in our culture, Suzanne. So, what kind of table manners come to mind when you think of this topic? What what pops into your head? Well, definitely making sure that you wash your hands before you eat, or that you before you come to a table. Maybe you're meeting a friend for dinner at a restaurant. I tend to excuse myself and say, you know what, I'm just going to wash my hands real quick and make sure that I don't bring maybe the metro or whatever else I touched onto the table. I think that also going through the pandemic really helped to emphasize having clean hands. So that's definitely something that we do here. And people do put like the napkin or paper towel or whatever they give you on their laps a lot of times. Not everybody, but it's pretty common that people put things on their lap to protect their clothes and just to kind of make sure that you don't drop any spaghetti sauce or anything like that on your lap. <laughs> yeah, especially someone like me who is kind of a messy eater. That is a must. I need to do that for sure. But I have to say that when it comes to putting a napkin or something on my lap, I usually only would do that at a restaurant. I don't usually do that at home. Do you ever do that at home? No, I don't. And you know, I see people wear aprons like while they're cooking. I say that because I'm a messy cooker. I definitely splatter things and spill while I'm cooking because I just really love cooking and I get in the zone and I don't really think about all of the mess that is happening. And I see people wearing aprons at home and I don't do that and I have them and I should use them. And I think I would be a lot happier because I wouldn't splatter my clothes as much. <laughs> but I don't use napkins on my lap at home. Okay. And it's funny that you were talking about being a messy cooker. <laughs> you know, I just actually had to throw out a couple of t-shirts because they got stained when I was cooking at home. And I was saying to my wife, I need to buy an apron because I guess I am also a messy cooker and I could protect and save my clothes. So it's just kind of funny that you brought that up because I was just thinking about that the other day as well. Suzanne, one thing also that you said that kind of sparked a thought in my head was about washing your hands before coming to the table. Many listeners will know that I live in South Korea, and one thing that they do here in South Korea, which I really love, is they always give you a wet tissue when you come. They call it water tissue in Korean language. I don't know exactly what we would call it in English, maybe a wet wipe. They give you like a wet wipe when you come to the table to wash your hands at the table. I haven't really noticed too many restaurants in Canada that do that, but I think it's a great idea. And it just is a nice way to make sure that you are spick and span before you enjoy your meal. That's wonderful. I remember my grandmother actually keeping some of those in her purse and handing them to us as kids because kids have dirty hands most of the time. So yeah, that, that seems like a really good idea to kind of keep it in your bag or your backpack just in case, especially if you're traveling or on a backpacking trip somewhere. 
that could be a really good thing to take with you. <laughs> when I think about table manners, the first thing that pops into my head is about how you actually deal with the food when you are putting it into your mouth. So like when you are chewing and how you essentially behave when you've got food in your mouth, right? Like that part of the eating process. So big no-nos in my opinion for like being polite at the dinner table is never to chew with your mouth open, right? You want to keep your mouth closed so that you're not showing people <laughs> what's inside your mouth. And also you don't want to be like loud, right? That sound that comes out of people's mouths when they chew with their mouth open. It's really just gross, right? It's gross. And also one thing that can help with that is to not talk while your mouth is full, right? Mm -hmm. So if you take a bite, you know, and then someone asks you a question, right. it can be challenging. <laughs> yes. Maybe you say, mm, like, just one second, you know, and you're you finish chewing and then you can answer their question because especially if you're out to dinner at a restaurant, you are there probably to have conversation. So you have to kind of time your conversation around your bites of food so that you don't spit any food out onto the table. Yeah. And another thing, Suzanne, is slurping when you're eating your food, right? Like if you're eating pasta or noodles or soup or something, in general, we want to try and keep the noises down. That's considered to be polite table manners in, in Canada. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you, Andrew, do you ever lift up your bowl to like finish the end of your soup or drink the end of your soup? Is that something that you do? Yes. <laughs> but okay, this this actually comes into the different table manners when you're in public and table manners when you're at home. Because I think at home, I definitely do that. And I've lived in Korea for so long that I sometimes just go by the Korean way of doing things. And that's not like super rude to do that in Korea. Like I see people do that. And I was at a restaurant yesterday meeting my friend for lunch and we had a little bowl of soup that was on the side with our main meal. And they didn't even give us a spoon or there weren't spoons on the table. You were just expected to drink that little cup of soup right from huh. the little bowl that it came with. So I do do it at home and I do do it sometimes in Korea, but it's really like restaurant specific. And I think if I were in Canada, maybe I wouldn't do that. If I were at a nicer restaurant, I would think that's a little bit too much. Yeah, I hear you. It, it, I guess it depends on the restaurant. I ask because it's not something I ever did mm. at home or in public, but Olivier, my partner, <laughs> he does it and they do that in France. And sometimes he does that in a restaurant as well. And I just always watch him like, huh, I, <laughs> I never, I never do that, but I think it's fine. You know, it's, it's great. It kind of means like, I love it so much. I want to get every last drop. <laughs> and it was just a question because it was something I noticed that I was not used to, but that seems totally acceptable. I like what you just said there. And that is that 
when you drink your soup, and especially I think we do this at the end, right? When it gets hard to, <laughs> yeah, scoop up the soup with your spoon. Usually that's when you start drinking it. It's not often that you get like a big hot steaming bowl of soup and just drink it right away. <laughs> but <laughs> when you're towards the end and it's more convenient to drink it. It does show that you enjoy it, right? You're like really enjoying your meal, and that's something that I've noticed in Korea. There are some slight differences about what's polite at the table and what's rude at the table, and I think in both cultures, generally, you don't want to make too much noise or be disgusting with your eating. But I have noticed here in Korea that if people are eating a little bit louder or like slurping their noodles or maybe drinking their soup or something like that. It's kind of showing that you really are enjoying your meal, and people will comment like, "Wow, this guy's like really enjoying this food. Like, it must be so delicious." <laughs> so, yeah, it's just like a different viewpoint, but it's interesting, and that's fascinating to hear that they do that in France as well. Yeah, I think similar to my family, my Italian family, if you're eating it kind of fast. That then means that you're um, you're really enjoying it, right? Like it's so good, you you want to really just devour it. Whereas when I go to France, for example, they eat very slow. They take a bite, put down their fork and knife, chew it, maybe look at you, listen to a story, take another bite. You know, slowly oh really? Put down. Yeah, it's very slow. Wow. And. That was something that I was surprised at when I first went to France and ate out at dinner, or even at my mother-in-law's house. I was very surprised at how slow people ate, and they don't have large portions, so they're really savoring each bite in a smaller amount and in a slower pace. That's probably a much better way to eat. In terms of like digesting your food properly and not overeating, I could also see that being a little bit uncomfortable. Like if you are meeting your partner's parents for the first time or something like that, and you had to eat really slowly, like these tiny little bites, and get the food down slowly. Depending on the social arrangement of the dinner party, it could be maybe more awkward. But I think, yeah, I'm not a doctor, but I would think that that's a healthier way to eat than you know. Sometimes the way that we do in North America, where we just eat a lot and we eat quickly. It's true, and I notice also something different about the French culture when we're out to dinner because my family is American and Olivier's family is French, and we've had some instances over the past year where we've been together at dinner, and I notice that they wait until everyone gets their food at a restaurant to begin eating. And this is not something that is in all of North America, as far as a cultural happening. Like most of us don't wait until everyone is served mm -hmm. because the food is hot, and so we kind of go for it mm -hmm. and just start eating. Mm. But with French people, they tend to wait till everyone is served, even if they're waiting like five, six, ten minutes. Mm. So. It can be a little shocking if you're like, oh, shoot, I shouldn't take that bite. Sorry about that, everybody. <laughs> if your food comes out first, then you might be put in a difficult situation. Totally, totally. <laughs> Now, you can pick on your French fries. That's okay. 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 It's just like can't dive into the main course. 
Totally. That's it. That's what I noticed. <laughs> so that's interesting because personally, maybe this was just like my family, but we always followed that kind of same system where we'd wait for everybody's food to be served and it was always considered to be a little bit rude to jump in and start eating. You know, usually in that situation, the other people will feel kind of burdened that they are making you wait. So they will say, oh, just go ahead, like tuck in. You don't have to wait for me. But without that permission of the other person, then it always felt a little bit rude. So I've always followed that as well. But that's caused some problems for me now that I'm living in Korea, because usually in Korea, it's like the head of the family or maybe the head of a company, whoever is like the top dog in the, the huh. line of command Once they start eating, then you can start eating. So for example, when I meet with my wife's family, it's my father-in-law. He's kind of the head of the household. So once he starts eating, well, then we can follow after him. But often what happens when I go for dinner at my in-law's place is that my mother-in-law will always be just busy in the kitchen and she won't sit down at the table. She'll still be like cooking and bringing food to the table and that kind of thing. Uh, and my father-in-law will just start eating. And then I'm put in a difficult place because I think it's kind of rude to start eating when my mother-in-law is still like cooking and, and preparing things. So I feel like I need to wait for her. But then my father-in-law will tell me, start eating. Come on, let's go. <laughs> so I'm kind of stuck in the middle of like my culture and Korean culture. And I don't know what is best to do, but Obviously, since I'm in Korea, I try to follow the Korean rules, even though that gives me a slightly uncomfortable feeling. Yeah, I just thought of an idea. Mm. You could jump up and say, here, let me help you. <laughs> and then maybe you can help her get to the table faster so that... <laughs> Believe me, I've tried and that doesn't fly either. I just get shooed away very quickly. <laughs> But I like your thinking. I like that idea. Yes. <laughs> Suzanne, how do you feel about technology at the table? Oh, wow. Good question. It's interesting because I think with the pandemic, a lot of restaurants had menus that are QR codes. So you needed your phone out. And some still do that where we went to a restaurant last week where we needed to have our phones out in order to look at the menu. Mm -hmm. And I don't love it. I kind of like keeping my phone away while I'm eating just to have a break from the notifications and the distractions. Mm -hmm. How about you, Andrew? What do you think? It's interesting that you brought that up because I was recently back in Canada and I noticed that at restaurants that suddenly on the table there are these QR codes and some restaurants won't even give you a menu anymore. They just expect you to open the menu on your phone with the QR code. Yeah, I didn't love that. It felt a little impersonal to me. Like it's nicer for the server to come and greet you and say hello and give you the menu. And also you've got a very good point there that it kind of forces you to take your phone out and deal with your phone uh, right right from the start, right? So if everybody in your party is taking out their phones and all looking at the menu, well, then you're not really having a social interaction with each other. So I can see how that could be handy from the restaurant's perspective, but from my perspective, yeah, it's not that great. And in general, I think 
that's just a really rude thing to do is to be glued to your phone while you are dining with someone else. So I always try as best as I can not to look at my phone. I'm not perfect about that. And especially when your phone's in your pocket and you feel it vibrate and you've got a new message, like it's really tempting. But yeah, as much as I can, I try to leave my phone away from the table so it's not bothering me. And when I eat at home, I usually just put my phone like in the bedroom or something while I'm eating dinner so that I can have a conversation with my wife. It's like a really good time to connect and to speak with each other is when we're eating dinner or lunch together. So I try my best not to be one of those people that just eats and looks at their phone the whole time. Yeah. Olivier and I are not so good at keeping our phones away during dinner at home. Sometimes it's hanging out a little bit, but usually it's in the other room at least, but sometimes it isn't. Sometimes it is on the table near us and it's like, oh, look at it, you know? Um, so I hear you, but we usually watch a show. Like it's the only time we really watch TV is when we eat which I realize is also just another kind of screen. And in a way, yes, we're connecting because we're both like laughing or looking at each other and giggling about the show or whatever, but we're not talking about maybe a topic we need to talk about, like a project we're working on or a plan we want to put in action together. So yeah, it's not the best. <laughs> that habit is not a good table manner habit. I will say that my wife and I also started doing that actually pretty recently. We were really good for a long time about having zero technology at the table, but the iPad has somehow sneaked its way to the table and we were like, should we watch a show? And then we started. Yeah. But we don't do that all the time. But yeah, from time to time we do eat. And actually every Thursday we do that to be specific because there's one show that we like to watch together. It comes <laughs> out on Wednesday night. And so we watch it at dinner every Thursday. So at least once a week we do that. And yeah, it's fun. I, I, can't, I can't say there's anything wrong with it. <laughs> Suzanne, I got one question here for you before we wrap up. Yeah. And... I don't know if you'll have an answer for this or not, or if you want to share your answer about this question or not. But the question is, have you ever been in a situation where someone's table manners were so bad that it affected your enjoyment of the meal? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I would say there's two things that come to mind. One was when I was on an airplane. So that's kind of a little bit difficult because you're flying, you're eating out of these little containers. It's not ideal to begin with. You're in a tight space. But one time I was sitting in the middle seat, Olivier was on the end, and there was a gentleman next to me and he was talking to his friend across the aisle and he was putting his face literally over my food. <laughs> Like just talking across me and Olivier to his friend on the other side of the aisle and didn't care that I was like, um, I'm eating here. Yeah, excuse you know? me. Excuse me, like personal space. So that was tough because you're kind of trapped. It's not like you can call the waitress over or move to another table. It was like, okay, I'm stuck. Yeah, you got no outs in that situation. You just sort of have to deal with it. 
Yeah. And so I had to just say, excuse me, sir, like, can you please stop? Or you can switch seats with him if you want to speak with your friend. Like, you can change your seat. We'd be happy to switch. You know, it was quite rude. So that was one. And another one was we were hosting friends at the time. Needless to say, they're not really friends of ours anymore. But (laughs) at the time, we had friends over for dinner, a few couples. And one of the guys between dinner and dessert just put his foot up on the table. <laughs> his bare foot just up on the table. On the kitchen table? The dining table. <laughs> yeah. So we only have like one what? large dining table and we were all sitting around the table and we're digesting between dinner and uh-huh. dessert. Uh-huh. And he just puts his foot i was gonna say like as if it was his house but to be honest i wouldn't do that in my own house it was almost like he was alone watching netflix and he just puts his foot on the table i was like oh my gosh you're at somebody's house who just cooked you dinner yeah we're waiting for dessert what are you doing like nobody wants to smell your feet That's, yeah, that is really interesting because I feel like that is just a no-no probably everywhere. That's like a globally kind of accepted thing that you want to try and keep the kitchen table, the dining table as clean as possible. And after you're walking around and then putting your feet on the table is like, yeah. Yeah. Wow. How did your guests react? I don't know. I mean- his girlfriend, well, now it's his wife, seemed to be okay with it. And then there were two other people there that kind of looked around at me, but everyone knew each other well. So I don't know if they were like, well, that's just him. You know, maybe they know that that's his personality. But for me, I was really offended. Yeah, I would be mortified in that situation. I don't know how I would react. That's wild. Yeah. (laughs) That's a much more extreme story than I was expecting to hear. (laughs) But it made me laugh. So I have to thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I won't mention his name in case he's listening. Yeah. Well, anyways, Suzanne, I think we should wrap it up for today's episode. So everyone, we are so thankful that you joined us here for this English lesson, and we hope you enjoyed our conversation. We want to give a special shout out to our amazing members, and we do have some extra bonus content coming up for all of our members because Suzanne and I are going to keep our conversation going for just a little bit longer in the members-only ad-free version of this episode. So if you are a QLibs member, don't miss out on that. Remember, you can get the ad-free version of this episode by logging into your account and just accessing it through the members dashboard. Yeah, and of course, if you're not already a member, you might want to consider joining to gain access to our helpful study guides and transcripts fun bonuses, and to support the show. You can support us by following us on Instagram or YouTube, telling your friends who are learning English to check QLoops out, or by leaving us a five-star rating and a positive review on your favorite podcast app. We'll be back soon with another brand new episode, and we'll talk to you all then. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.